Eagles Entertainment. Hey guys, thanks for being patient with us. We wanted to get free agency cranking before we um, got this started. Um, I want to start out by thanking our staffs, you know, Nick and his coaching staff, Andy and his scouting staff. Um, all of football operations had a huge hand in this process. Um, you know, we had a, a chance safely to get together outside and thank everyone and, and just seeing uh, the amount of people who are part of this, it, it's always humbling, you know, and we talk about being part of a team and how special it is to be part of a team and, and you see it in moments like this. Uh, you know, this whole process has taken us from last spring um, through last season and a lot has changed throughout that process and um, just really appreciative that we have a lot of people who can deal with adversity and continue to come out the other side with a positive attitude. You know, when we look at this draft class, it's hard to make judgments tonight. Uh, it's hard to, to know anything other than uh, we went into it with a process and a plan to bring the right people into this organization, the right people into the building. And that started with the work that our scouts do on the road, uh, the people in this building did to vet, uh, our trainers, our medical staff did to make sure in uncertain times they were getting all the right information for all of us. Um, that everyone in our front office was making sure that we got the people into the building, uh, whether that was bringing in Landon or Devante and uh, hopefully all those other people as we went forward. Um, you know, I think that when we start talking about this draft, I know you guys are going to talk about the things that maybe uh, you look at our, our depth chart and see that we didn't address, but we wanted to stay true to our board. We wanted to make sure that we weren't drafting for need that we were drafting for what we felt was the long-term interest of our football team. And uh, I think any time that we were in the draft room over the last couple of days, and Andy can confirm this, we went back to that. We went back to uh, where, we, where the guys were on the board and making sure that we weren't missing opportunities to get players that were higher graded. We don't start playing until September. There's a lot of work to be done on this roster. That's an everyday process. Uh, that doesn't end today. Uh, and it really won't end uh, up until really the trading deadline uh, when we have opportunities to add to this team. So we'll continue to try to do that. Uh, we'll look forward to those opportunities and just really appreciative and thankful of, of what we did this weekend with the people we did it. So thank you again. Welcome Eagles everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. I'm catching my breath. Long weekend, fun weekend. The NFL draft is always a spectacle unto itself, as we know. I think everybody seems pretty happy about it. Certainly at the top of the draft, Devontae Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, scintillating player. We're going to get deep into a little analysis on him. You heard Howie Roseman there at the top of the show. That came from Saturday's post-draft press conference. The Eagles with nine selections. They also... Picked up an extra fifth-round pick next year. A trade made on Saturday with the Washington football team. So, yeah, next year we'll talk about it. But, boy, is that draft shaping up to be fun with potentially three first-round picks for the Eagles. But what we're focusing on here is the 2021 draft class. Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, Milton Williams at the top of the draft all three of those players highly talented. Obviously, Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama. Superstar in the making. Landon Dickerson, the Remington Trophy winner from Alabama. Dominating offensive lineman. 
injuries, a big part of the equation here. I had a chance to speak to both of those guys over the weekend. We'll get to them in just a bit. We'll also hear from Mike Quick, who is obviously going to talk about wide receivers. And we're going to hear from Merrill Reese, who's going to talk about just how excited he is after the Eagles draft is over. And honestly, you go through the draft. I mean, really, for us, the draft started on Thursday night. We go to the draft party over at Lincoln Financial Field. I went over with Nick. First time I met him. Incredibly impressive guy. Super intense. Much larger physically than you think. A former outstanding wide receiver at Mount Union. Guy's ripped. Intense. A lot of personality. Commands a room. Really like him. And then the Eagles go into the first round and trade up from 12 to 10 to get Devontae Smith. Whew. So, yeah. So, I, but I want to start the. I want to start here with the very end of, you know, me walking out of the Novacare complex on Saturday. Before I did, I stopped and talked to Nick and just asked him a couple questions. And it's Nick Sirianni talking about his first group of players added to the team, his first draft class, and what it means to the Eagles head coach. You know, you just you just want guys that are going to carry the flag to say, right? We're going to be preaching a different message in here as coaches and, and saying, you know, the things that we want um, the program to look like. And, of course, yeah, we're, we're trying to – we want those guys that – and my experience is this. The guys that have that – the football IQ, the um, competitiveness, the toughness, and that love football, they all – I don't want to say always, but they – they have a better chance of reaching their potential um, because of those those things. I mean, those are just the things that we really focus on. And so it was great to get some of these guys in the draft that that have all those things because now we know that they're they love ball and they want to get better and they want to be coached hard. And that's a good thing. Like now now we see a player that can reach his ceiling because he has the the uh, the those those qualities. Now talent. Is huge too, but that's why they're in the conversation in the first place because they're very talented players. So, love that because again, you, those guys reach their potential. They 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 you know, God willing, they reach their potential. There's obviously things that could happen, and those are just the guys you want to be around every day. And those are the guys you can't go to the games without. Oh man, like to get Devonte Smith, to get uh, Landon Dickerson, to get Milton Williams with those first three picks, like. Yeah, like, and then just the rest of the guys, Zach and Kenneth and Marlon and Teron and Jacoby and Patrick, like, these guys, like, all, it, it felt like every time we got one of those guys, like, is that another one of those guys that just has it all? Yes. And it just felt like that over and over and over again. And there was this picture on I, that I saw today of, like, Landon picking up, picking up Devontae when they scored. I'm like, I got to get that picture in my office. Like, look at the connection that they have. Look at the... Like that—that's awesome. Like they've been teammates before, and and they have that love of football, and it's just exciting to start that way with those those guys. So that is Nick Sirianni. Now let's meet the draft picks, at least two of them, and through the course of time here, we'll get a chance to go in depth with all nine draft picks. We have a long, long way to go before <laughs> before the Eagles players get back to the Novacare Complex. Maybe not even until the mandatory June minicamp, which is just so far away. Devontae Smith, 
117 receptions last year. Heisman Trophy winner. Best player on the field in the national championship win against Ohio State. This kid is a superstar. And we sat down and talked about a lot of things because he has a fascinating background and he's just always kind of been prepared for this moment. So here it is, one-on-one with Devontae Smith. Hi, Devontae. How are you? I'm good. Can't complain. Um, when did you first dream of playing in the NFL? I'll probably say freshman year of college, honestly. I mean, basketball was always my first love. So in high school, I was still transitioning from really putting my focus to football and kind of putting basketball behind it. So you're growing up in Amit, Louisiana. You're thinking that you're going to be who, the next who in the NBA? <laughs> Rondo. Oh, really? Point guard. Were you a disher or a finisher? Were you, you, or you have it all? Everything. Okay. Uh, and why, why do you think you transitioned from basketball to football? What was, the, what was the impetus that kind of got you into the game of football? Just realizing I got to do what's best for me and not just what I want to do. Because um, football was best for me, but basketball is just what I wanted to do. You were five years old when you first started playing the game of football. Did you love it at that point, or were you just kind of experimenting with the game? It was just an extracurricular activity. <laughs> were you always the best one on the field? Um, no, I wouldn't say that. Well, um, when I was playing younger, peewee football, we kind of had some dudes that could play, so I wouldn't say I was the best one. When were you the best one on the field? I would say probably... High school is when like, I kind of started to separate myself. Um, still had some dudes on my team that, that was those guys, but um, I kind of took stuff more serious, started working a little harder, so I started to separate myself some. Devontae, I've read a lot about you, and I'm really impressed by the fact that you have a strong group of people around you who've helped you along the way. And it was really important for you to make it, to make it big. Can you talk about the people who've really helped bring you to this point? I mean, my mother, my father, and my mentor, I mean, everything that they instilled in me, I mean, it stuck with me. I'm, I'm grateful to have them. Without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. Just all the lessons they've taught me, my mentor, him taking me to different universities, giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents. Explain the mentor and why he took an interest in you. It started even way before me. I mean, he started probably like five years before I even started really going to camps. Just he, that's something that he wanted to do. His mom wanted him to do it, and he's he done it ever since. And I mean, just kids in our area, I mean, now he's worldwide. He got kids in different states and things like that. But, I mean, he started in a small A meet just with us. And then as things got better, he just started getting better with it and going out to different people in different states. The barber. Yes, sir. The barber shop, right? Yes, sir. And the purpose is to, to give kids a chance to see the world and to experience things outside of A meet. What is Amit like? Small town, but I mean, you can go down the right road or the wrong road. So I mean, without him doing that for some of us, I mean, some of us probably would have chose the wrong road. I mean, I wasn't the greatest kid when I was younger. Uh, I got into a lot of trouble and stuff like that. But um, once I got to high school, I kind of got away from it, kind of changed my friends around and things like that. And then with him being around, it just made it a whole lot easier for me. Devontae, when you first walked into a Nick Saban practice, and you look around and you go, hey man, there's everybody here is a five-star recruit. What was the feeling? I was around Alabama a lot. I mean, Shaheem, one of my friends I grew up with, we went to camps together. He um, went the year before me. So I mean, I was around there a lot. So I kind of already knew what to expect and how things were. So when I got there, 
it didn't kind of shock me because it was just like, I've been here so long. Devontae, what makes a great wide receiver? What has made you a great wide receiver? I think that's a better question. The mental aspect of it and then my attention to detail and my route running. I'm out of my game after Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen, so watching them, seeing the things that they do, and then me, that's just the type of receiver I am. I want to be the one that runs the precise routes to get open. That's just my style of play. Are you ever in a situation where you look back and you look at the sheer numbers of what you produced at Alabama and you go, wow, that's that, they were some incredible years. I kind of like put it to the side, but um, my mentor after the season, though, we were just talking, he was like, man, like you had over 100 catches. Like, don't nobody do that. And like, it ain't really hit me. And I was like, that is crazy. Like, 100 catches. I was like, I remember freshman year, I think I had like eight. And I was like, I went from eight to 100 catches. Like, that's crazy. It's unbelievable. And it just seemed like it was natural to you the whole time. When you play receiver, that's your job, get open and catch the ball. So, I mean, yeah, it felt natural. I mean, that's what I was there to do. What did defenses try to do to you to take you out of the offense? Jalen Waddle's on the sideline. You know, there's a lot of weapons in Alabama. But if I'm a defense, I'm saying, I got to stop Devontae Smith. I'm going to do everything I can to stop Devontae Smith. It was a lot of bracket coverage, a lot of drop eight, just dropping everybody, just um, letting the run game beat them. But, I mean, like, whether you dropped eight or you just played cover one, I mean, it wasn't a good idea. You drop eight, we just gonna run the ball. You play cover one, then we just gonna go over top. So, I mean, it was kind of advantage for us because no matter what you do, you're always wrong. Wide receivers have to have the mentality that nobody can stop me. I'm on an island. You seem like a very humble guy, very grounded. When you're on the field, do you think that anybody can stop you? In my head, that's how I think. I don't show it, but 100% in my head, I go out there feeling like can't nobody stop me, but you'll never see me broadcast it. But I mean, like, when I'm on the field, I'm just a different person. I mean, off the field, I'm quiet, but on the field, it's just a whole different me. Devontae, from an individual standpoint, winning the Heisman Trophy is such a special moment. Can you describe hearing your name and then picking up a trophy that looks like it's really, really heavy? I was shocked. Like, as you can see, like, I just sat there for a minute, like, man, like, my mentor talked about, don't come back for your senior season if you ain't trying to win the Heisman. I was just like, man, ain't no way a receiver gonna win the Heisman. Then like when it happened, I'm just like, he spoke this up and like it really happened. So I was just shocked. I just couldn't, I couldn't even move. I was just sitting there thinking like, man, it's crazy. It is unbelievable. And you win national championships. You come to Philadelphia with that winning pedigree. What does it take to be a winner on the football field from a team standpoint? Are there certain characteristics that really have to carry through? I mean, you have to do it at practice. I mean, if you don't do it at practice, it's not going to translate to the field. So just working hard at practice and then overall your commitment to what you do. I mean, you got to be committed to what you do. You got to put the effort forward to want to be great, to go out there on the field. But I mean, it's not just going to happen over the night. It's going to take time and it's not going to happen if you're not doing it at practice. What is next for Devontae Smith? What What is the next chapter of your life? Just coming in here, being the best version of me, continue being me, doing the things that got me here. Don't change up. We are talking less than 24 hours after you became a Philadelphia Eagle. Has it fully sunk in with you? No, not really. Um, it still feels just like a normal day to me. Like, it still hasn't hit me yet. When you go out to practice and you catch throws from Jalen once again, uh, will you feel like you're back in Tuscaloosa? Uh, I feel like when I was a recruit. I mean, I've been knowing Jalen since I was a recruit. Um, he recruited me to come to Alabama. So, I mean, from, from then, I mean, the connection was there. So, I'm excited. Raise a glass to that comforting feeling of an Eagles touchdown with the all-new Broad and Patterson Wine Collection created in partnership with Wink. 
featuring a Cabernet, a Rosé, and a Chardonnay. Rod and Pattison wines are the perfect pairing for any occasion. Now you can bring the sweet taste of victory with you to a dinner with friends or to the tailgate with your game day crew. Purchase online today at philadelphiaeagles.com slash wine to stock up and have Broad and Patterson delivered right to your door. A portion of proceeds from every bottle benefit Eagles Autism Foundation. Really love that interview. One of the best I've ever done. Really felt like I pulled a bit of information and personality out of Devontae, who's a quiet young man. Now, the Eagles' second-round draft pick is not a quiet young man. Landon Dickerson is a full force, a walking mound of just energy and power and domination. 350 pounds, coming off a torn ACL, doing cartwheels. Where is he at physically? What kind of guy is he? Let's get a chance to get to know Landon Dickerson. Maybe he plays guard, maybe he plays center. He played all of the offensive line positions in his college career at Florida State and at Alabama. And had he not been hurt, he would have been a top 15 draft pick. So offensive linemen, Eagles aging there, looking to the future with pick number two in the 2021 NFL Draft. Here he is, Landon Dickerson. This is Landon Dickerson. He who likes to throw men from one position to the other side. And I watched the film, and it looks like you have so much fun doing it. Describe what it is like to pick up a 320-pound man and displace him. It's one of the most satisfying things you can do is, you know, removing somebody or moving them from point A to point B against their will. I mean, you just impose your will on people, and that's, that's what I enjoy about football. Is it a leverage thing? Is it a technical thing? Is it a mind thing? Is it a I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna make this happen. Like, explain to fans who really don't understand the the nuances of being a great offensive lineman. It's a mindset. Um, you basically have to go out there and just say you are the baddest person on that field. That's all you have to tell yourself every play. I'm the baddest person on this field, and nobody's gonna question it. And you go impose your will on people. At what point in your life did you become this football player who was going to have your way on the field? I think it kind of started, you know, maybe back in even, you know, middle school. I was just a large kid, you know, offensive linemen were always big people. So, you know, it was extremely fun to be large and, you know, move smaller people around, go to high school, same thing happens, go to college, better competition, but, you know, still able to get the job done. So now we're just looking forward to doing it up here in this league. It's really interesting, the Alabama pipeline and the success that you have there. And when you're around so many great players, did it truly bring out the best in you? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing, especially being at Alabama, is every player there is trying to not only be the best player they can be, but they're doing everything they can to help the team. So no matter what it comes to, if you get in the season and you realize, okay, I'm a scout team guy, I'm a third team guy, you know, they're going to give you the best look possible. It's not like you're going out there and just playing patty cake with third team D-line doing kind of, you know, installing plays at the beginning of practice. Those guys, they could easily start anywhere else in the country, in my personal opinion. So you're going out there getting a great look every day, and that's you know, we, we make each other better. That's that's the goal is we're trying to make the best team possible by giving each individual guy, the offense and defense, the best look possible. You've been had the game taken away from you. You know, injuries have taken you off the field. What has that taught you about yourself? For me, it's taught me how much I love the game of football and how much I love being a part of a team, um, especially in the NFL and college football, playing at this high level. Guys are different. You know, we, we do something that, you know, 0.0001% of the population ever gets to do. 
So being surrounded by those guys that have that mindset, the, a growth mindset of wanting to be, you know, the best they can be, not only physically, mentally, whatever it may be. You know, I, I love being surrounded by those people because, you know, I want to make them better. They want to make me better. And overall, we get better as people in any regards. Did Nick Saban ever chew you out? We've heard so many great stories through the years of Coach Saban challenging his team. Did he do that to you? I, I've been chewed out on a few occasions. For example? Very bad call at Mississippi State in 2019. It was like a unnecessary roughness. I got a personal foul. I didn't really believe it was that way, and I don't think. After he watched the film, he didn't. But in the heat of the moment in the game, uh, he had some very creative words to say to me on the sideline about my mistake. Questioning your commitment to the team, your decision-making at the time, losing your cool, what kind of stuff? Somewhere along those lines, my intelligence uh, is probably a big one if, if there was anything in my head, like a brain or... <laughs> oh, I gotcha. And that stuff, so look, let's be honest here. You're coming to Philadelphia. Jeff Stoutland is an intense coach. He brings out the very best in his players. So your ability to accept coaching is gonna be really important. Do you accept coaching well? Absolutely. I, I've been surrounded by a lot of different coaches, obviously coming from Florida State, having a couple different coaching staffs there, going to Alabama. You know, I've been coached by a, a variety of people when it comes to personalities and coaching techniques. So, you know, the way Coach Allen coaches, I'm really excited because it's probably one of my, my favorite ways to be coached. What are your expectations for your NFL career? I've been given the opportunity to keep playing the game I love and to do it at a high level with great competition, with great people surrounding me, the ability to keep learning, you know, being exposed to veteran coaches, veteran players that have been playing this game, coaching it longer than I've been alive. That's the one thing I guess I expect from this is to be able to learn more about football and better myself as a player. I'd like to talk to you about something off the field, a story that I've heard from your days at Alabama, the bumper story. Uh, your truck is, um, your bumpers, front bumper's hanging off, so you get a railroad tie, right? Mr. Handyman. You're a handyman, right? Yes. Uh, tell me about that. You, you decide to get a railroad tie and stick it to your front bumper. Economical decision. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. So, college budget, obviously, not, it's not extensive. So, I went to a body shop, asked, you know, what, what it costs to get a, a bumper from, you know, OEM parts put back on. They told you how much? Uh, Around $3,000, a little expensive for me. Okay. So I was at Lowe's getting some stuff, saw the railroad ties in the parking lot. I asked the cashier to ring me up how much they were. I think she said, you know, 12 or 15 bucks. So I was like, you know, that looks like you know, it's about the size of a bumper. Might fit on there kind of perfectly. So went and bought one, bought some bolts, mounted right up. Very cool. And you, it went viral. And you turned that into something really great. You used the bumper to raise money for the family of a firefighter who was stricken with cancer, stage four cancer. Can, can you talk about this and the great success that you had with that campaign? Yeah, so while we were down in Miami for the national championship, uh, Brian Walnevitz is a fire chief down there, and he's a huge Alabama fan, and all the guys at the station, he got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer a while back, but a bunch of guys at the station pulled together and got him tickets for the game because they, they knew he was a huge fan. And, you know, he, he still goes to work every day. He shows up. He doesn't let anything get in his way. And I really appreciate and respect people like that because, you know, he's, he's got a good excuse if he doesn't want to go to work. But, you know, he, he's there to serve and help his community. So 
I got up with him through the coaching staff and I talked to him probably every other day after the national championship. I called him before we left to get on the bus to go to the game. And, you know, we got back to Tuscaloosa and I was like, I I'm gonna eventually have to get a an actual bumper to go on my truck. So I was, you know, I was talking to, you know, my marketing team and, you know, Mac a little bit. And I was like, it'd be kind of cool to, you know, raffle this thing off and just, you know, gives the money to charity. And Brian actually works with Firefighters to the Rescue, which is a, a small charity down there. They kind of, they really run off donations and they help first responders in that area to, you know, whatever they may need. So, you know, we ended up doing the raffle and raising, I think almost $47,000 for the charity. And it was just, it was really great. That's awesome. It's a great story. Congratulations on that. Last one for you. What is the next step for you? What, what do you do here for the next few months? Guess I'll start looking for houses up here. <laughs> and learn the playbook. Absolutely. How do you feel physically? I feel great physically. So, you know, again, obviously it's going to depend on talking to medical staff here, strength coaches, and everybody's going to be involved in, you know, what this process kind of entails for me, what I'm going to be able to do on and off the field. Now, in conjunction with the players, let's talk to the guys who are going to be calling the play-by-play and the analysis of the players on game days. Mike Quick, couldn't wait to talk to Mike Quick about Devontae Smith, about the state of the Eagles wide receivers. And this is what Quick Six had to say. Mike, I'd like to talk about our first round draft pick. Surprise, surprise. I'm sure you've talked about him all weekend. What do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm surprised and I'm pleasantly surprised. That was one of the, I think, one of the top uh, prospects coming out of this draft. And Dave, quite honestly, he's one of the most polished receivers I've ever seen coming out of college. You know, his route running, um, yeah. his, 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 I think his understanding of, of defense, I think they did a real nice job with him in Alabama and um, scheming up things for him, catches the ball well. And I'm, I was really impressed when I looked at some of his games, how he caught the ball in traffic with a guy that size without fear of going over the middle and catching the ball in traffic. People have said, and I think that uh, Jacoby, um, who was drafted from the from LSU, six-round pick, um, was talking about Devontae, and Jacoby was saying how he – he disguises his route so well, you'd never really know what kind of route he's running. Do you see that? And I just think, I think that just speaks to my initial point that he's just so polished. He understands how to separate from people. He understands where the pocket pockets are in the defense when he's going against his own defense. And, and you can see that in his route running, the way he's going to, he sits down, inside of zone to where he runs away from people understanding man coverage. Um, he's just polished and I'm looking forward to see how well he can translate to the NFL. And, and I think it's going to be a pretty seamless trans translation for him. So look, everybody talks about the 170 pound thing. That's not an issue for you. I don't think it's a big problem. You know, today's game is a little different than it was uh, back in my day. But, Dave, I wasn't much bigger. When I came out of college, I was 6'2", maybe 185 pounds. Um, but what's most important with this young guy, I think, is the heart in which he plays the game. I think he's 
as I said, he catches the ball in traffic over the middle. When I read this uh, about him, he asked if he could be a gunner on the punt team. Now, that just tells me that the guy is an unselfish guy, that the guy is a football player, not just a wide receiver, that he's willing to be a gunner, to go down and make tackles on special teams on a punt returner. Um, that says a lot to me about that character. Mike, do we really do, do you have a sense of what Nick wants to run in the passing game? Um, because you're talking about crossing routes and how they throw a lot of them and that Devontae would fit into that. Does that give you an indication of, of what's to come in this offense? Yeah, I think so. I think you can just, you don't have to look for it. Look back at Indianapolis tape and you'll see a guy like T.Y. Hilton who runs a lot of the crossing routes, but he also will line up. He'll line up in the slot. He'll line up outside. Uh, he'll run the outside routes. He'll go deep. Uh, they just, I don't think he's going to limit the receiver to what type of routes he's going to run because all of these guys can run all the routes. I think it's going to be more game plan and looking at the defense and matching up the defensive guys with his offensive guys to create an advantage. And I think he's got players in his offense now where he's going to be able to create some advantages. So do you expect Devontae to make an immediate impact as a rookie? Um, I do. I expect him to be playing as early as week one. I do expect him to play. I I do expect him to play as a rookie, and I expect him to be a a major contributor as a rookie. It's very exciting. So so what does his arrival mean for Jalen Rager, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, Greg Ward, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Travis (laughs) Fulgham, a lot of young receivers there. All of a sudden they've got somebody who's, you know, Who's really, really Paul? Who's really ready to go? Could be the instant, kind of the the instant alpha in the room. I just think it's great to have all of these talented guys in that one room, and and the competition that you'll have every day. Not just those guys trying to compete against one another and making one another better. That's going to happen, but also having those guys going up against the defensive backs and making them sharper. I just think that this is just iron sharpening iron, and you're going to create some great competition, and that's really what you need. Just to prepare yourself for Sunday's matchups against all the other teams in the league, that practice against one another at that level of competition just will make these these guys a whole lot better. And then, Mike, finally, Jalen Rager was last year's number one pick. Your thoughts on him? I mean, I, I think Eagles fans have kind of forgotten about him a little bit. Have you? Well, yeah, no, you don't have to forget about him. You know, you, you've got – and both these guys, the sooner you get the ball into their hands, the more fun you're going to have as an offense watching them do what they do well. I think Jalen Riga uh, will really fit into what they like to do. I think uh, as a return guy as well, he can add a lot to the offense and to this football team. I just think it, it's a lot of talent, and, and I look at – going up against other defenses when you've got talent like this, it really gets the defense and the defensive coordinator scratching their head trying to figure out where do I focus my attention? Who do I want to try and stop? And if you're going to stop one guy, then the other guy is going to beat you. I think you're in, the Eagles will have that type of scenario offensively with all of these weapons. Let's finish things up with the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
who for a few years there was my sidekick when we used to do those Eagles live shows and just go on and on and on the course of the NFL draft. It is an exhausting but very fun weekend. And for Merrill Reese, it's a weekend where a whole new generation of Philadelphia Eagles are brought to the NovaCare Complex. Merrill, I haven't talked to you all weekend, um, officially. We, we kind of chatted after the first round pick was selected. Um, and at that time, you could not have been more excited. Do you still feel that way about Devontae Smith? Oh, I do. I do. I watched Devontae Smith so often this year. And I can't tell you how many times, Dave, I fantasized and, and thought to myself, wouldn't he look great in Eagles green? Boy, would he be a great pick for the Eagles so many times. And his size never bothered me. Nothing about him bothered me. I watched him in amazement, the way he gets open, the way he catches the football. I've watched the Heisman Trophy ceremony. So what a, what a down-to-earth, humble young man he is. Uh, he's, he's just a perfect fit for this team. And I, there's a lot of good players in the draft. But one thing I wanted for this team, with a new coaching staff coming off of a disappointing season and all that's transpired, I wanted a draft pick that made me say, wow. And I think it made 99% of the Eagles fans say, wow, also. And so, I mean, look, we've been through a lot of these drafts, Merrill, and a lot of wide receivers. Why do you think he's different? Well, I just, I just think he's the total package. Uh, the, the, the only, the only concern about him is the fact that he's under 170 pounds. And I don't think that's going to be a big difference. I don't think anybody's going to get a lot of clean shots at him. Uh, I think he holds up well. He plays a lot of football. And I, I just think he's going to be a game-breaker for this team. It is really exciting. And it is. And I think everybody, I, I do agree. I think everybody feels that. And number six is going to be a hot seller in the Eagles Pro Shop this year. I wonder, Merrill, I guess my reaction to the rest of the draft is I really don't know the players. I know the Eagles are very excited about the other eight players selected in the draft. My, my philosophy has always been to kind of wait and see what they look like when they get to Philadelphia. What are your thoughts on the yeah. rest of the draft? Start? Well, it's not quite the way it used to be. I remember Jim Gallagher, the late Jim Gallagher, who had been with the Eagles from the, the late 40s on, once told me that they used to sit around and pick players out of magazines, out of, out of preseason magazines, and read stories about them. And they draft a defensive tackle who they said was 6'3", 280. And then they meet him when he came in at the train station. They came in by train in those days. And he said a guy 5'9 and 175 pounds would step out of the, the, the train. And that would be the guy they thought was 6'3 and 285. So it's, <laughs> it's not that anymore. It's, it's a lot different than that. But when people say to me, uh, what do you think of the Eagles draft? I always say, uh, ask me in two years. Because that's when you have to really sit back and evaluate a draft. I will never be anybody who says, I give this draft an A, or I give this draft a, a C plus. You, you can't do that. You have to look back two years hence, and then you have a pretty good idea. But I am excited about Devontae Smith, and I am also excited about Landon Dickerson. Uh, this team needs a big-time offensive lineman. Uh, a guy who could conceivably be the successor to Jason Kelsey, who has been such a great player, but who every year now decides whether this is it or whether he wants to come back for one more year. 
So we don't know how much longer Kelsey's going to play. And we also know that you need depth on that offensive line. And I think this is a guy who can come in, uh, assuming that he is healthy. And I have a feeling he will by the, be by the time the season starts. And I think he will need very little adjusting. Yeah. So, and, and you know, Merle, I think one of, the, one of the challenges right now is that because of the rules, we won't see these rookies in any sort of form, I guess, until the mandatory minicamp in June. So not only the, the coaches can't get their hands on the players, so it's really difficult to project the rookie class for 2021. And I miss watching the young players develop in that first spring. I miss them looking at all the media members and going, wow, look how many people cover these. I miss those yeah. early experiences from the rookies. I do too. I, I just want to mention to you, I played golf yesterday with a friend who happens to be an orthopedic surgeon. And he also happens to take care of players from various uh, high school and a couple of college teams. And I asked him about Landon Dickerson and the concern about his uh, injury past. And he said, you know what? If he were a cornerback coming off of an Achilles injury, I'd worry. He said, but he's coming off of uh, an ACL. And he said, assuming that the surgery he had was was con- conducted properly and there's no reason to think that it wasn't, he said the ACLs heal and they are stronger than they were that before the injury. He said, I think it was a great pick. Yeah, and it seems like everybody agrees that should Landon stay healthy, he's got superstar offensive linemen written all over him. That would be a yes, he does. And, and they, and from everything I've heard, not only as a player but as a presence in that locker room, he's a very gregarious guy who who is a leader in every sense of the word. Yeah, we heard from him earlier in the show. I had a chance to interview him over the weekend. Merrill, um, as you sit here kind of eyeballing this roster, what jumps out at you? Are there positions where you still think the Eagles need some help? Well, I, I certainly think uh, uh, you would assume. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not making moves, but, but it, it seems that Zach Ertz is very unlikely to be back with the team from everything I've heard, from everything we've been hearing since last season uh, ended. And so if that is the case, they're going to have to do something for another tight end to, uh, to line up um, with Dallas Goddard. So if, if they go to a 12 personnel type of situation, unless uh, Richard Rogers is that guy once again. So, but that's a, that's a position that's a little bit thin and corner uh, still is a position that is a little bit thin. And so is for that matter of safety. These are areas. And I was also hoping uh, but apparently they have something else up their sleeve. But I was hoping that maybe they would use a sixth-round pick or a seventh-round pick uh, for a punter because it's going to take a lot to replace somebody as good as Cameron Johnston. Emeril, I think you nailed it right, right, very well right there. Those three positions are interesting, cornerback, safety, and punter. I don't know about Zach Ertz, how he talked about Zach on Saturday and said, hey, he's still under contract. Let's see how this thing plays out. So. I don't ever rule anybody out until they're out. So it would be wonderful You're right. if Zach came back. You know, it would be wonderful if Zach came back. I haven't heard from Zach. I don't want to speak for Zach, um, but certainly he's an all-time Eagle. And all in all, Merrill, the, the draft weekend is pleasing to you in general? Yes. Yes, absolutely. The draft, you know, I go back to the 1990 draft, and no matter what, the 1999 draft, 
And no matter what they did after Donovan McNabb, I said, this draft is a success. And I felt this way um, as soon as they picked Devontae Smith. I said, listen, I, I hope they do well with the other picks. But believe me, to get a player with the excitement level and the, the kind of explosiveness of Devontae Smith, it's going to be a hard job to mess up this draft. I think they did well. I really think they did well. And there, there is another guy who, who also um, intrigues me that I'm anxious to see, and that is Kenneth Gainwell, uh, the running back from Memphis. He's a very, very fast, quick twitch player who can do a lot of things. And so that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I want to thank Peter Kelly, Trevor Hayes, Ray Doyle, all of you for joining. If you have an opportunity for a little feedback, there's a link to give us a rating. We'd appreciate those five stars. And uh, I hope you're happy. I'd love to get some feedback from you. Um, wow. Nine new players. Honestly, as Meryl and I said, after the first couple, do you really know? It's hard to project. We wait till they get into Philadelphia. That may be a while. Thanks for joining everyone on this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! We want you to know about all the podcasts in the Eagles network of podcasts. So make sure you tune in to not only this Eagles Insider Podcast three times a week, but make sure you subscribe and listen to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast every Tuesday and Thursday, our Journey to the Draft podcast Tuesday and Thursday, and our Eagles Update podcasts, which give you the news in a flash Monday through Saturday throughout this 2020 season. Sign up, subscribe, and listen to our Eagles network of podcasts.